Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Route, the program where we gather every day at this time. Well, we do it Monday through Friday anyway. And what we do when we gather is we continue to address the issues between rural and urban America. Since about uh, April sometime, every Wednesday, except for that little COVID stint, J.C. Cole has joined us on the air to talk about his experiences in Latvia for 18 years as the Soviet Union is collapsing. Today, I had to stay with tradition because I, I'm a big tradition guy. And this tradition started, I actually looked it up to make sure, Melissa Hart, I knew exactly what year. Thanksgiving yeah, Eve. Do you know what? Do you want to take a guess? I'm going to guess. Let me guess. Uh, 2006, seven, eight, seven, 2008. Eight. Oh, um, I was one on Melissa Hart joined on roll route and she's been here the day before Thanksgiving every single year since 2008. How are you? Where have you been hiding? I don't ever see you anymore. Yeah, well, I've been hiding all over the countryside. <laughs> what do you mean? You've never seen me anymore. Oh, my word. It's because you know, you've been holed up home. That's uh, actually, no, I have not. I've spoken in 41 states since May 1st. You know, I should count the number of states that I you should. I, I, but no, I repeat a lot of them. I go back and yeah. forth to a lot of them. So it really wouldn't be fair. But I've been to a lot of places. And now I'm home. It's, I'm, it's home. It's time to be home. Now, and it feels good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you should one, be home on Thanksgiving on all the holidays. Oh, I I am. I, I'm always home on the holidays. Always. But yeah. Anyways, well, our men yeah. and women serving abroad do not have that luxury, so we should keep them in our thoughts and prayers on this holiday season. Absolutely, we should. There was a couple of uh, holidays that we spent with our son over in Afghanistan. So mm-hmm. it, it was. Uh, it's it's kind of a. Lonely, heart-wrenching feeling, you know, when they're over over there. You know, you, it's you can talk to them, but it's not the same. You know, it, right, thank right. goodness we can talk to them. I mean, really, thank goodness we can talk to them on Facetime or whatever. But yeah, it's not the same. So I think a lot about that, particularly when I study World War One, World War Two, even Vietnam. You, you did not have the communication level that you do today, where you could literally communicate with them at some level every single day. Right. wanted to. Right. That is true. You know, they used to wait for letters and thing, you know, just any, well, that was it. You know, that was their yeah. form of communication. And you know, which, in some which ways, which was probably think, a month or, or better older, older. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes that was a, a gracious thing. And in other instances, it was very heart wrenching. So there are days when I think, I wish we were back in that age so we didn't have to hear about every single little detail of what's happening. Sometimes it's just too much information. It's so much information people are now checking out. They just don't pay attention at all, which is, true. I think, the intent, by the way. Yeah, that's true. That is that that is very true. It's a barrage. And honestly, when you shut things off, it's very peaceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very yeah, peaceful. Yeah, it is. So, so yeah. the reason that you're out and about, if people don't know, is you're going to primarily dairy cattle shows and sales. What's the general attitude of the dairymen these days? Uh, well, 
unless the milk price is like $75 a hundred, they're never optimistic. <laughs> you know, it's just not the nature of a farmer. Uh, you know, in some instances, it really varies state by state. Some states it's really good. In other states, it's just not good. Uh, in Michigan, we produce way too much milk for our state and we don't have the infrastructure to process it. And so, uh, it's always being shipped out. We're always getting the lowest milk price. It's it's just hard for dairymen in this state to uh, be optimistic about things. In other states, you know, if you've got infrastructure, isn't, if you've sorry got to interrupt milk you, but isn't uh, you you bringing some swag along? Was that your jewelry? I see. Move your arm. Move your arm. Uh, what? Something you did. Oh, it was just the. It sounded like you had a bunch of bracelets on and when you no. touched your ear or whatever you did. I wiped my nose. <laughs> yeah, but it was because your microphone was right. I think you hit your microphone when you did okay. that. Anyway, okay. Sorry about that. Uh, isn't Michigan the poorest state for uh, percentage of to milk price to the farmer? Yes. Yes. If it's, and, if it's and, one of those And that's because lowest. of the infrastructure? Uh, yes. It's the infrastructure. We have to ship everything out. We don't, what, we wait, we produce way too much milk. It's really easy for dairy producers to, not, I should never say easy. We have the advantage of good dirt and good weather and the insulation from the lakes in a lot of areas that we can produce a lot of milk in this state. Mm-hmm. And there's just not the infrastructure. There's not the processing plants. There's just not that volume that we need to process it here. So a lot of it gets trucked out of the state to be used in other places. Did and then you those and then those dairymen don't like that because yeah. you know, the guy whatever state they're in, they don't want their market flooded with milk from Michigan for crying out loud. Yeah, I don't I don't totally buy that because California being the number one dairy producing state Wisconsin being two, but Wisconsin has the infrastructure to produce cheese. And there is a, a amazing amount of milk goes from California to Wisconsin. Michigan's just next door. You just got to crawl over that little body of water. Right. Well, they do go to Michigan. They go to Wisconsin too. Go to Florida, go to New York, go to a lot goes to Ohio. So. So is there a movement to build infrastructure? There is, yeah. We've had we've had at least one plant that is supposed to be online if it's not already. You know, that's the thing about the job that I do. I I concentrate you lose on track with the day to day details. I I'd do. see. This is why you yes. had to be on here with me. I had to pull you back into the real story of dairy production instead of this fluffy cow thing. Exactly. <laughs> That is so true. Okay. You and I always end up talking about this. Mm -hmm. And I have to share it in this last part of this first segment. One of the most liberal publications on earth last week had a story about how – are you sitting down, Melissa? Are you ready? I I am sitting down. What? (laughs) Turns out that whole fat dairy products (gasps) might prevent – cardiovascular disease, arthritis, and all chronic illness. We have maybe been misled on the importance of fat in our diet. Say it ain't so. It happened last (laughs) week. I think it's the Daily Mail. I I can find you the article I I posted on my Telegram. But 
if we can hold on. You and I have been talking about getting this word out for now going on, what, 14 years. Oh, yeah. Apparently it's coming. It apparently is. Although, you know, a lot of these, I call them fad diets, eating plans, whatever people are doing, Mm -hmm. a lot of them call for whole fat foods, whole fat dairy, a lot of beef, you know, and so... They're, the the fitness people are figuring out that fat is not scary. So, and I don't, of course, I have no grip on how many people that is, but they are figuring it out that it's, you know, this whole clean eating or, you know, just like eating beef and eating turkey. And, you know, like beef has the more grams per protein, or the, it has the more nutrient it, density. Yes. Than, than chicken. Right. You know, and I'm like, why are we always eating chicken breast? <laughs> you know? Why are you always eating yeah, chicken breast? Yeah, I, I a, don't know. Oh, I know I why. It's I, cheap and convenient. Well, it is. It is. That's true. That's true. And we shouldn't knock mm-hmm. that either because it is, it's a, it's a great protein source for, for, to vary up your diet. But man, don't stay away from beef. Just don't do that. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have it all. It's all good. Which is why I eat as many eggs as possible because that prevents them from growing up to be a chicken. <laughs> I do too, actually. But that wasn't why I do it. <laughs> I just have a lot of chickens. I have a, a lot of eggs every day that I got to just consume. So, you know. Yeah. You and me both. Mm-hmm. All right. Big Thanksgiving plans? Oh, of course. Like the whole family's coming. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... Not the whole thing. What, what, what time should I'm I arrive? Home, two o'clock. Two <laughs> east. Two eastern. That's what time you got to show up. Two eastern. Okay, I'll be so, there. All right. Uh, pumpkin pie. Absolutely. Okay. And apple and lemon and chocolate and pecan. Well, and cheesecake. Stands, you and have cheesecake. to. You have all of those desserts. Yeah, that, that's what Thanksgiving uh, is, right? <laughs> I gotta it's, check with mom and see what she's if she's what she's doing beyond pumpkin pie. Oh, yeah. I'll check with mom and then yeah. I'll get back to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right. We are at that point in time when we take a break. I want to remind you that Lone Creek Cattle Company provides the opportunity for that beef supply Melissa Hart was talking about. And that is for you, the cattleman, to be a part of the supply chain. We need 50,000 heads through the system in an an- on an annual basis. And we need you, particularly if you're a Great Plains cattleman, to sign up to be a producer. This means that you use the Piedmontese sires, whether that be via semen, artificial insemination, or you can go with the least bull approach. Either one, it's all up to you. Get more details about getting a $180 per head premium over market price. By the way, we're two weeks from shipping. We're ready to get that. I'll tell you what. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. We'll take a break. We'll be back with the second leg of the journey. Melissa Hart on Thanksgiving Eve 2021. After this. Welcome back. Rural Route. Trent Lewis alongside Melissa Hart joining us from North Adams, Michigan. Is that, is that still where you live? That's still where I live. Live and breathe right here. Yes. It's called Hokum Road uh, Rodeo this morning. We had that going on this morning. You know, I've, we've got two horses. We sold all the cows in 15. We've got two horses. One of them's 32. We got him when we got oh married. Oh, my goodness. Right? He, he, we got him when we got married. He was two-year-old. It's a cutting horse. And he's still with us. And so, uh, and then the other one is, uh, a family horse that ended up at our house. 
Anyway, um, in the time this morning, early, early, early in the morning before we were up, the dogs started barking. And I thought, eh, it's the horses. They're out. I'm sure they're out someplace. That's the only reason those dogs, you know, you can tell a dog bark for whatever, yep. you know, different things, yep. you know. Yep. This, this Mine is, are either the neighbor's dogs or coyotes. Yeah. No, this was the horses. And uh, so I thought, okay, I need to get that. And the fence has been down for a month, but they, they haven't bothered to get out. So I'm like, okay, they right. finally, Why they bother? found the opening. Yeah, they found the opening. So now I've got to fix it. But so this morning I went out and I didn't see them and I went and Bobby had already gone out to feed the horses. Of course you got, you know, there's always a method to your madness. You got to feed the old horse and the, the young horse at, at the same time, you got to stay there so the young horses and eat the old horses mm-hmm. feed and the whole nine yards. So you got to wait out. So we just drink coffee out there and talk about the day and wait for the horses to feed. You know, and he feeds his steer and all that stuff. So anyway, I went out to, to see my chickens and oh, things were awry out there. The chick, the feed tub was all <laughs> twisted over. The shavings bag was t- everything. It was all messed up. And so, so the I horses thought, had already been there. Yep, the horses had been oh, there. Oh, nice. So I went down to the horse barn to check on what was happening down there. No horses. They were still out. Yes. And so, and it's dark. It's like, you know, quarter to six in the morning. So it's still dark. And uh, so then I went out on my adventure looking for the horse. I'm sure the neighbors were like, who is that driving so slow down the road? And why are they turning in our driveway and just sitting there? Why are they flashing their lights through the field? Yeah, it was me looking for the horses. And I found him right next door. And then I, you know, but everybody should know. This is the tip of the day. A bucket of feed will get any horse anywhere you want them to go. And and I don't know why people or, don't Or just, apparently an a, a human, American citizen. We're being baited in with a bucket of feed or whatever the little bait is that's being used. And we're just lining up like sheep or your horses and just following wherever the people want us to go. Some of, some of them are. Some of them aren't because one right. horse came and the other horse stood there. <laughs> Yeah, so, see, yeah, there's yeah. always there, a lesson in life in the barnyard. Yes, there is. Absolutely, there is. But I stood there long enough and I was patient enough that they both decided to come because one didn't want to stand out there by himself. Mm-hmm. And that is the lesson. Mm-hmm. You've sometimes you're going to sometimes you're going to stand out on your own. Sometimes that's what you got to do when things just don't add up. Don't go along. Sometimes you just got to stand up and say, no, I'm that. That doesn't look right. That was actually the message of our pastor, Dean Millsap, this Sunday, this past Sunday in church, was to be a Christian, you need to be resilient. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of call for uh, resiliency in the Christianity world today. Mm -hmm. You were the first person, Melissa Hart, that I knew of that publicly just lamb-blasted the attack on the family unit. And we really haven't addressed this issue for quite some time, but as bad as we thought it was in 2008, 2009, what do you think about the family unit today? Oh, my word. It's Where do I start? It is insidious the way I, – I hate – I don't like to go down this road because people will say, well, you don't know. Well, you know, back when I graduated from college and had a really good job – and got married and had children, had my first one and thought, you know what? I can, I can work and raise a child like everybody else was doing because that's what the message was. Everybody had to work. Women had to work. So I thought I could do that. And 
about four weeks into it, I said, I can't do this anymore. And so my husband said, quit, you quit. I'll take care of it. I said, okay. And so I did. Now, it was a long, hard road. And some days were harder than others. But on this side of it, being a stay-at-home parent, I never regret one minute of it. And I see now the way our society is pressuring parents to both work. You know, give your kids to daycare, give your kids to the school, let somebody else take care of them for the lion's share of the day. And that's the way you, that's the way you need to do it because you want to have all these things. You want to have an, you want to have a new car when you want it. You want to have a new couch. You want to have new furniture. You want to have new kitchen cabinets. You don't want to have to wait for that. You need those now because all your friends have them now. And social media is even, they, it's just more and more of it now than ever before. You get on social media, everybody's house looks better. Everybody's life looks better. Well, that's because they've got more money. So I've got to work and I've got to have more money. I'm not talking, obviously I'm not yeah, talking no, to the I'm leftists. But uh, anyway, so we sometimes, and I think 2020 kind of woke some people up to the education system, Mm -hmm. but the education system in our country, for the most part, not, not entirely, is dumbing our kids down so they'll stay dumb and not achieve and be reliant on the government. And you know all this. But as a, as my husband worked in the school system for five years, that's exactly what happened. He watched it every single day. There wasn't to make these kids better educated. It was to get them by, just get them by, just move them on. And he watched so many students move on to the next grade without ever being instantly read or do math or, you know, and it it was so frustrating for him. And he left. He said, I can't do this anymore. I can't be a part of a school system that wants to dumb people down and keep it. And that's the thing. You've got really good teachers out there that it's harsh, but it's wake up. And I think in 2020, when all when people, good parents, good, good, good people, good parents, well-intending parents have done this over the years. And they woke up and they said, wait a second, this is what my kid is learning? What What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And they finally figured it out. And then some of them are actually taking control and said, not my kid, not my family, and I'm going to do this myself. And I, I applaud them and I try to encourage them on my social media platforms because you can do it. I've homeschooled before. We did it for five years. It was hard, but we did it and I'll never regret it. Never will I regret that. You were ahead of the curve on homeschooling. You're ahead of the curve on most things, actually. But I want to go back to something that you said, and your your signal got really wonky, so people might not have heard that. There are really good teachers in the system, but I have to tell you, Melissa, I have interviewed in the past 10 years a ton, a ton of good teachers who quit going to school because they were not allowed to teach. They exactly. know they they know how to challenge and and create critical thinking learners, but they're they're not allowed to do that in school systems. And that to me is the problem: is that they're all the good teachers have their hands tied, and the good administrators, and they get this force fed nonsense from the state association of school boards in each state, which comes from a federal mandate, and they're not allowed to teach. So you got great teachers who aren't allowed to teach. It's like kind of like having great doctors that aren't allowed to, to, to doctor, and exactly. it's happening too. 
Yep. That is, it's really happening. And uh, not only are they not allowed to teach, it is horrific. Uh, These kids, because again, and I, and I really don't want to lay a blame game on anybody. Please. That is not my heart to blame parents who thought they needed to work or who wanted to work and put their kids in daycare at a very young age. I'm not trying to do that, but this is what we're reaping as those people that have put them there that let somebody else take care of their kids. These kids are not learning. Okay. Kids, this is, and this is a true study. Kids today have more anxiety than psych ward patients did in the 1960s. And they were in a psych ward. Mm-hmm. Kids deal with more anxiety and they have a less of an attention. They have six seconds of an attention span. You cannot teach a group of kids who have so much anxiety about social media and likes and who can't pay attention to you. You can't, it is nearly impossible to teach them anything of any mm-hmm. amount. So, so you've got, you've got to feed, you've got to feed what are for some, you know, the teachers that are forced to teach things they don't want and they can't teach. Well, because and the kids are a, so out of control. The kids are out of control, and the good kids don't get anything because right. all the bad kids are all get the attention. Yes, it's oh, it's sad. It's and they're sad. not fed right. They don't start today with whole milk, no. so their brain's not geared to learn anything. I oh, gotta I, go to a break, and then you can maintain all of that. <laughs> this is more like the old days. I cut her off in the middle of something. Thank you, Melissa. We'll take a break. Once again, I want to remind you about Protect the Harvest. You need some assistance. It's a network of people working together to get you the people, the information, or possibly the experts. Most importantly, just surround yourself with like-minded people that want to protect the property rights that we have been granted. Get details about how you can be a part of this network and what information you can acquire at protecttheharvest.com. We're halfway through. We'll be back with more. Melissa Hart after this. Welcome back. Roll route Trent Lewis alongside Melissa Hart, who was just about to jump through the telephone when I said... We don't feed these They're kids not right starting to go to school day. in a frame of mind to learn. Oh, Trent, uh, that's true. They don't get it out because parents are too busy. And I get it. I get it. I've been there. I've done that. I've done the making cows at 3 in the morning and come in at 7 and try to feed my kids and take them off to work. It's really frustrating is um, I have a very, one of my dearest, friends is the head of the new our local school and she was telling me the other night how frustrating it is she does half her job is paperwork it's to fulfill the requirements that the sda has late has down to her and she said and now what she needs is not available she is going instead of ordering through their normal channels she is ha- now having mm-hmm. to drive herself to the local gordon's or wherever you know big box stores to get enough food to feed the students. And she said, she talked to some of her other colleagues and they said, you know, she said, what do you do when you don't have, when you can't provide this, you know, all of the pieces and parts, you know, if you're missing a piece of the puzzle, they said, we substitute and we just say we did it. 
And I thought to myself, okay, it's time for you to start substituting whole milk for that crap that you're giving them. And, you know, and I told her that I said, you know what, Sue, that's what you, and she knows better. She knows what good nutrition these kids need. She believes in full fat and all that stuff. She knows, but she's also one of these people that wants to do her job correctly. And she doesn't want the school to get in trouble and all that stuff. So there you've got that. Not only did they have to jump through all these hoops to put food in these kids. And then, you know, they're supposed to give these kids broccoli or whatever. Say it's broccoli. That's required. They have to give these kids broccoli. The kids have to take the broccoli. They say, I don't want it. throw it away. They have to take it. And then they walk, they take it, put it on their plate. And she said, we've just started putting up a table food that kids don't want. They put, if it's they just put it on the table, and then if somebody else wants it, they come and get it. And I said, "Well, that's the best idea." Yeah, yeah, but it is in, well, that insidious. didn't come from the government. No, that was her idea because she was sick and tired yeah. of, of all the garbage. I mean, it's it is it is awful. It is awful. It's like, come on, let's just use some common sense. Feed the kids. Well, I'm starting to see reports, and I knew this was happening, but I'm starting to see even major media <clears throat> with reports about schools that just can't get access to the food they need. Mm-hmm. Access. That's is, exactly right. It's going to be the number one issue. Yeah. she, And that's what she said. She said, I spend most of my – she said, I wake up at 3 in the morning to get on the, to see if my order is going to come in so that I can be prepared if I don't have what I need. Then I have to go and figure out where to get she, it. She might as well be milking cows. <laughs> it's a lot more satisfying than that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, there's a freezer full of chickens, sausage, and bacon in the in the FFA room that, you know, my husband, you know, when he before he left was one of their fundraising. I said, that food. Just go get it. out. Of, it's, it's the kids' food anyway. Just go get it out of the freezer and prepare right. that. You know, but it's just, it's ridiculous. But so, that won't go very far, you know. So, Melissa, it's easy for us to identify these problems. What What is your real-world solution? Get the government out of everything. Get the government mm-hmm. out. It is just, if I, okay, so if I were a parent, again, with small children, I would either homeschool or put them in a private school. That I, There is no way that I'd put them in a public school, period, and I would figure out a way to pay for the private school because there's where there's God, there's always a way there's nothing impossible with him. And so I, I would do that. Um, and I think the pushback that we're doing step by step uh, locally, like you have been preaching, that's what we have to do that. And I've been doing that. I've gone to the school. I've been at, at every single school board the last six months to make sure that no, not six months. Five, no, when I can be there. So almost six months, uh, to, to just push back on what I don't think is correct. Like iPads for kids K through two second. What, what in heaven's name does a kindergartner need an iPad for? Are you kidding me? They already have enough screen time. Screens have been proven to manipulate and change the molecular makeup of, of a child's brain because they're not fully developed. And so, and that's not until 25. So, Screens and screens are, have also been proven that shown to be, we have the same reaction in our brain as we do taking cocaine or any drug. When we look at screens, we are we have the same molecular reaction in our brains as a drug. 
and we're giving this to our kindergartners? Are you kidding me? Is there anything more insidious than that? You said that our brain develops until we're, <clears throat> excuse me, 25. Are you telling me I'm done? My brain's not going to develop anymore? You're done. Your brain is fully <laughs> developed. You're hopeless now. No! Tell me it's not so! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there'll be big fights in school systems about every kid's got to have a a Kindle or an iPad or whatever it is. Why? I have no idea. It's just a distraction. It is a distraction. And I think, you know, it is important for our children to learn. Okay, so back when I was in school... I had to learn how mm-hmm. to type. We all had to learn how to type, which which is I did served, too, much to my chagrin. Yeah, it, but it served us well, right? Mm-hmm. We no, I do, do it every not, day. I mean, it, they of course they need to learn how to type. That's that's imperative, but they'll figure it out. I, I give any thir- three year old a phone, and they know what to. You know, our kid. You, you know, know what? And we I need kn- to we need to start a campaign. What's that? Bring Homec back to the school system. Oh. Don't call it something family and consumer sciences. Don't call it anything else. Home ec. We're going to teach people to self-sustain. We're going to teach you to cook. We're going to teach you to can. We're going to teach you to sew. Let's start that campaign. And then, yes, and how to shop and how to uh, be in community, how to be friends with people face-to-face without a phone, how to gather around a table and be hospitable, how to set a table, how to put food on a table. Does, does anybody use a table? I don't know. It, yeah. it, I know those are, those are extreme examples. But, it, but you well, see no, what I mean? But they all fit we, into we, our curriculum. The government is trying to isolate us all to get us away because mm-hmm. when we're isolated – we don't have the confidence that that friendship and community brings. So they want us to be isolated. We have got to get out and be in face-to-face contact with people, not on, not on social media. We need face-to-face contact with people so that we can feel what they're saying. We can, and, and, and just that tangible, uh, com- that tangible communication. We, we need that. I have a group of women that I meet with every single week except when they're going to Florida and they're all going to Florida right now. But anyway, uh, that I meet with every single week and during, during, during COVID and during this whole mess, Mm. we were able to meet week by week. And yes, we studied, we studied the Bible. There was a Bible study that was involved with it as well, but at least a half an hour was spent on what was going on in the culture. And we needed that time together because we needed to, edify each other and embolden one another. What we know is right. Even though we're being told this is right and this is right. And we know it's not, you know, we know we have to be emboldened by each other to know the truth and to stand with the truth. And we know what the truth is, but in this, in this world, they want to tell us up is down and down is up. Left is right and right is left. That's what they want us to know. And we have got to stand and not be tossed around the waves. And it, it, just like in God's word, it says, don't you gotta stand up for yourself. Don't be tossed left and right by the waves. You've got to stand up and know what's right. And being in community with other people helps you with that. Plus, if your washing machine breaks, every 70 year old woman 
knows what's wrong with it. Just give her the noise description and she'll say, oh, that's a belt. Oh, that's a this. Oh, that's a that. Oh, you need a new this. I guarantee you they can solve every medical and appliance problem. And that's no joke. I know it's not. Uh, even me as a social warrior forever, I learned how important social interaction was in 2020. And I didn't stay at mm-hmm. home. I still mm-hmm. traveled to 28 states in 2020. But mm-hmm. uh, I, once you come back to where everybody freely gathers and experiences everything you just walked through, it was very enlightening. You don't know what you have until you lose it. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that the truth? that's that is so true and and our eyes have been opened and there's just been so many great discoveries that have come out of course there's always a silver lining in every situation every bad situation is always a silver lining and that's one of those ones that we can look back back on and say okay yeah this has been that's been good and that's shown me what i need to do and this is you know it really has been and i like homeschooling is going to be one of them and I know there are people out there that think it's the stupidest thing in the world and homeschooling kids are awkward and weird and, you know, whatever. I know that. Um, my own kids have told me that and they were homeschooled. So, you know, <laughs> part of, for part of the time. I, I kind of, I, no, I totally thought we were beyond that stereotype. Uh, well, some, some are, some aren't. It's becoming less because there's so many more homeschooled kids now. Oh, yeah. So the, the problem is you can be a homeschooler, which I endorse 100% like you do, but you still have to participate in the school board because the school board and the county commissioners or supervisors, depending on your structure, has more to do with your profit and loss than the federal government because they determine what your tax base is going to be. And if you don't show up at the school board meetings, even though you don't have kids in that school, they could take every opportunity you ever had to generate a profit because they want to they want to have a bond for a seven million dollar new building or gymnasium so that the kids can play basketball. Mm-hmm. That's right. That is right. And and to that, I have seen our little you know North Adams is four hundred people, right? The mm-hmm. the school system is three hundred K twelve, right? Mm-hmm. I have seen so much active community involvement in the last six months in our little school district in our township than I have ever seen in my entire life. I, and they they put it on social, they recorded a meeting on social media and it was contentious and, uh, Oh, my battery's getting low. Anyway. Uh, I look to me like you're just getting revved up. I didn't think you were getting low at all. I, we yeah, got to take no. a break though. So your battery can recharge during the break. No2u.com. If you've not been to the website, you need to get to the website. Dr. Nathan Bryan has documented why nitric oxide, NO, is vitally important. If you look at what happens to your immune system when you take nitric oxide, it is 100% inspiring. No2u, the number two, the letter u.com. Put Trent in the coupon code, Melissa, and you get a 10% discount plus you need no shipping, free shipping. Trent is your coupon. Back with the last segment of Roll Route and Melissa Hart. See if her battery's charged up after this. Welcome back. Roll Route, Trent Loose, into the final stretch. Melissa Hart has done about everything you can imagine while being on the air today, just trying to 
quietly sit there. I mean, like, I remember one day you're milking, one day you were doing laundry, we had to deal with a squealing belt. Today you're just trying to sit oh, there and I know. be studious. <laughs> and how much better has technology gotten in the last 10 years, right? So I, I know. what's up with that? Yeah, that's, I don't know. Anyway, so we're back at it. We're back at it. So, yes, tonight we talked about, okay, we're, so, Thanksgiving Eve isn't nearly as pop- popular as Christmas Eve. You never hear anybody talk about Thanksgiving Eve, and everything is based around Christmas Eve. I know. Well, look at everything's People are putting up their Christmas decorations right now. It's like, what? Uh, but, no, my son told me last year, and I didn't realize this, but, like, uh, Thanksgiving Eve is the number one holiday for everybody, all the college students and everybody, everybody that goes home for Thanksgiving. They all go to the bar on uh, Wednesday night. That's, so the bars will be full of people, uh, full of young people. Yeah, tonight. I did not know that. I'm glad you joined know. me so I was enlightened at the tradition of Thanksgiving Eve. Well, that's just a little bit of millennial trivia. <laughs> you know, one thing that I think that we've been misled on, well, a lot of things, but one thing relevant to Thanksgiving is that it, the first Thanksgiving in 1621 was all about thanking God. And it, and it should be in 2021 as well. But we've gone a lot. Lo- honestly, would anybody even notice if we didn't celebrate Thanksgiving? I feel, I was thinking that yesterday. It's like, would anybody care except for the turkey growers? I mean, and, and mm-hmm. Hank Vogler and the lamb growers. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think anybody would even notice because it's just Christmas. It's, it, yeah. But that's what I love about Thanksgiving is one of the things that I love about it is it's just about food and family and just getting together and being together. And, uh, and that's really, it, it, you know, that's re- so important, especially this year, especially in the last couple of years, but especially this year. It's just really important to be together and to it, it, just, even if you're fighting, it's good to be together. It is, but they've found a way to divide families even over holidays just by creating the stigma of being jabbed or not jabbed oh my word isn't that the truth uh yeah that is and i and i have to say um i have a member of my family who is very left Mm -hmm. and um i'm not sure how that happened (laughs) but our conversations have got to be cannot be around can't even mention that stuff. We we can't talk about that. And anytime it's brought up, I shut it down because I refuse to do that. Because I find um, that as I listen to news, talk news, uh, you guys on Rural Route, which you guys have been, you know, all the guests that you have have been fantastic and very informative. I've really appreciated everybody's input over the last year and a half and, and uh, on, on different things. But I have noticed that um, if I allow myself, I take out all my anger at the left and their nonsense mm-hmm. on those people that I know in, in my circle who are left-leaning. So in my mind, I know I sound crazy, but in my mind, I'm having arguments with this family member. And I'm like, I've got to stop that because they're not here to argue with me. I I can't do that. And sometimes you just got to shut it down and go beyond and realize that 
that's what they want. They want us divided. They want our families divided, all of it. And we can't allow that to happen. We have got to continue to look beyond that. Uh, in our churches, you know, our church wants, they want to divide us in our churches. Oh, absolutely. Well, they want, are. Yeah. I don't, and I don't want to know. They wanted to divide us in our athletic events and our sporting, they are trying their darndest. But when you look at all of those college stadiums filled with people, mm-hmm. that is the best thing I've ever seen. Simply because you know they're not all jabbed. Not everybody, right. not everybody in those. So, but they're still getting together. They said they've all decided to assess the risk and say, nope, we're going anyway. We're going to have these events. We're going to let people come and whatever. What, you know, be it as it may. Well, just the concept of breaking bread together, that dates back to Jesus. And when you oh, yeah. break bread together, you have a, a level of a bond that you don't have with other people. Mm-hmm. That is very true. It's it, and that's what's that's what's important. Like when I go to church on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. I don't I I don't want to know. I don't want to know what you think. I I don't want to know your politics. I don't want to know your jab. I don't want to know if you're. And when we had masks, it was so evident, right? Because he, he, it got to the point where yeah, if you're wearing a mask, you're leaning left, right. which isn't always true. You know, there are a lot of people that feel like a mask makes them feel safer and 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 i that's fine with me wear your mask i don't care where you wear it in the bathtub if you want to don't tell me i have to you know what i mean so it's like wait a minute do people wear masks in a bathtub uh no i just wanted something really ridiculous But somebody's thinking that's not ridiculous, right? So no, I guarantee you, somebody has worn a mask in a bathtub. I I know, I know. I'm sure there has been. But early on, I mean, and that's the funny thing. Way back when this whole thing started, it was about I don't know. It was June, and I just and they were trying to force this mask thing, and I just kept thinking, this thing is going to be here forever. And if we aren't all dressed up in the PPE that you go into surgery with every single day, then why are we putting any of it on? Why Why would you even wear anything if you're not going to do that? To me, it's like, you do this, everybody better do it. You know, like, why are we going into a doctor? What? I sat there and watched. The doctor's office came out, and they administered a COVID test to a person sitting in a car and they were dressed to the nines. I mean, if they could have put a bubble around them, they would have, they were dressed in all of their garb to administer this thing, administer this COVID test. And I'm like, but we're all going to stores and none of us are, you know, some of us might have COVID and we're going to this. It's like, it made made no sense. So why make us do this? This, It's just so insidious. Again, that's my word of the day, insidious. It is your word of the day. I'm keeping track. It's the fifth time. I know, I know, I know. So anyway, you know, uh, don't make, just let people assess the risk Mm -hmm. and go on beyond that. But no, see, they divided us by masks. Now they're trying to divide us by jabs. And jabs are less apparent so we have to ask people if they've got the jab or if we've got, you know we've got to Actually, talk I'm, about it I'm well the point I'm where i can look in your face and tell you if you've had it well uh, okay that's really good how, how do you know that the face changes after a period of time there's swelling around the eyes and the the, the leather uh, the skin on the face appears more leatherish 
Really? I've observed this, and I've not been wrong yet. It takes a period huh. of time. It doesn't happen like tomorrow, but it, right. it, it accelerates quickly. I mean, I, I thought that was just old age. Okay, I'm going to have to well, look. I don't have the jab. I, I had COVID. So I, I wouldn't. Take you, it anyway, but but anyway. you have to. You have to see people. I mean, it, like if you see yeah. them once, you can't really tell. But if you see them, somebody that you know, and you see them six months later, it's like, oh, oh I know what you did. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. But again, I, I don't want to know. And that's that. But it takes a certain level of determination mm-hmm. not to sink into that and, and to not bring every conversation back to that. And so I, I've I, before I wanted to dive into it every single time. And now I'm like, you know what? No, I'd, I'm not going to dive into that. If I'm asked for my opinion, I'll give you my opinion. But I'm not going to. That's not going to be the first thing I dive into because, you know, I. It, our conversation, you know, if you ask me, I'll tell you the truth, but our conversa- my conversation with people doesn't always have to be about that. That is an ab, that's the best point you've made all day. Is that even like with Andrew and across the pond every morning, it, it's so hard. You have to work at not talking about COVID at some right. point in time. It should not be right. that hard to work at not talking about something. That's true, but it consumes us and, also, we wa- we've got to continue. Like I said, there's got to be a certain amount of edification. Mm-hmm. We have got to, you know, there's got to be a certain amount where we bring, you know, we we lock arms and we gird each other up and we say, nope, this is because Trent. It is so easy and so slippery. It's so easy to slip back into. Well, okay, that's okay. I get that. Oh, well, yeah, all right, you know. That it is because we're so inundated by so many people. If right. you, unless you isolate yourself with only people that believe the way you do, when you get out in the world and you talk to other people, you know it's easy for us to lose that that fire against what's right and you know the truth and and or for the truth. So that's why I say you got to be around other like-minded people often enough yep. to where you continue to make your stand and you don't. It doesn't evaporate. Because we can lose our confidence if we don't discuss things with other people. That's why social interaction is so important. That's why standing up and so is so important with other people. Because I, I guarantee you, we talked about the mask thing. We walked. We, I never wore a mask all last year, and I've told you that. I, I, ne- I just haven't. Well, there's been a couple of situations where I had to, but you know, like in the airplanes and stuff. But when you basically go through life just standing on your own, you give courage to other people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we have to continue to do. We have to give courage to other people, kindly, truthfully, because truth without love is brutal, and that's just the way it is. So we have to kindly and truthfully be truthful, but we have to do it in love, and that's not always easy for us because we get all hyped up in our points and in our defense. Is that a Melissa Hart original, truth without love is brutal? No, unfortunately, that's not. Uh, that is a Mike, Pastor Mike Lee original. He's passed on now, but one of the best pastors I ever had, uh, was ever sat under was, who said that. And I wrote it down in my Bible because I thought, you know, that's true. That is so true. true. That's incredible. Yeah. That's the theme of the day. Truth without love is brutal. Yep. All right, one minute. There you go. All right, so Thanksgiving tomorrow. 
we're all going to gather with our people and we're not going to bring up the jab and we're not going to talk about politics. We're going to talk about good memories. We're going to talk about times that we um, made us feel good at Thanksgiving, past Thanksgiving. We need to talk about how we appreciate one another and maybe one or two things. I know it's awkward sometimes, but you know what? The more we do that with people, the better everybody's going to be. We we really need to, to be thankful for where we're at and what we're doing. I don't care where you're at or what it is. There's always somebody that's got it just a little bit worse than you. So count your blessings. And one of my blessings is Melissa Hart and the fact that she takes time to join us every year on Thanksgiving Eve. And we're not in the bar. We have successfully <laughs> journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban. We're not college students either. Rural and urban America. Happy Thanksgiving 2021. Let's get ready.